0: Hello and welcome to the
1: Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is a Monday edition. We didn't really have any games yesterday, unless you count the uh, flag football experience, which seems to have gotten mixed reviews. But today, Dennis and I are going to be looking at news and more of our free agent frenzy. But Dennis, did you watch the Pro Bowl? Did it make your weekend whole?
2: No, I did not watch it. It did not make my weekend whole. Um, I did other stuff, virtually anything. I, I think I had a root canal. Um, I stubbed my toe. Um, I tripped and fell. So uh, it was all great compared to the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah, I didn't really, uh, catch that either. It was, uh, my wife was tickled pink that I, uh, sat down in the office while she was doing her sewing, played on my computer and watched movies with her, um, So I guess I I can see what the next six months are going to be like. I always call Pro Bowl weekend, since it lands now between the championship games and the Super Bowl, I call it minor depression weekend because you start getting the depression that the football season's over. You still have that one shining game to look forward to. But uh, um, I did enjoy the highlight of Jalen Ramsey forgetting it was flag football and just body checking Tyreek Hill into the sideline. Yeah,
2: maybe it was personal. Me. No, you know, so we play Dynasty. You're on the campus, to Canton team. We got spring ball coming up. The NFL draft is coming up. So aside from actually sitting and watching football and setting lineups, we have plenty to do. So I'm going to enjoy these next couple of weeks, you know, get through the Super Bowl. Um, actually, I'm leaving work early tomorrow, and I'm going to venture down to Corbin, Kentucky with my uh, oldest son, and we're going to go see um, Black Label Society, Anthrax, and Exodus down in some little venue off off of I-75. Uh, Exodus is one of his favorite bands, and they were in Columbus last year, and he got himself wrapped up in the mosh pit. Like, I had nobody... It was Columbus, so I didn't feel the need to go with him and and, and whatnot. Got himself wrapped up in the mosh views. EMTs were like, dude, you can't you can't stay here. You gotta go. You're in, you're a minor, you need to call somebody. Before Exodus even came on, he was out of the building and riding in the car on the way home. Um, and so you know, when he brought this up, I was like, Man, I don't think I can get it off work. And my wife's like, that's uh, not really my, my cup of tea. And uh, I was chatting with the boss today, and I'm like, well, mind if I cut out early tomorrow and come in late on Wednesday? And he's like, you know what? He's headed off to college next year. You need to spend some time with your family. I'm like, rock on.
1: Well, that'll be kind of kind of fun. And I'm, I, I managed to convince uh... – My wife got very excited uh, that I was a film critic for the first time in a long time because we got an invitation to go to the press screening for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So she's going to come with me uh, to that next week. She's pretty pumped.
2: Do they do a whole red carpet thing? We're going to see you in the tux and all that fun stuff?
1: No, it's not like the official premiere red carpet, but as media, you get to go before it's actually out and you get to go for free. So. Can't beat those two, uh, those two things. The the thrill for her of getting to see something nobody else can see. She's enjoyed some of the screeners I've gotten, but she's very excited about this. When I was like, "Hey, I can go and take a guest. Do you want to go?" And she's like,
2: "Yes." Right. So,
1: awesome. we got you know you got to take care of the family during the non fantasy season portion of the year because the fantasy season portion of the year becomes very busy.
2: It does. And that's why like for me, my wife will be like, oh, I walk in the room and sit sit down and she'll be like, hey, uh, I'll go ahead and change it. She's watching below deck. And I'm like, no, you can leave it on. Trust me. The last five months you've earned to watch all the below deck in my presence that you want.
1: That's when I came home. Uh, when I was down here, Lindsay's watching the, the comedy Couples Retreat, and she's like, Oh, do we need to switch to game? And I, There's no games. We can watch Couples Retreat. I'll eat my lunch and quietly, right. quietly endure. Uh, well, Before we dive into free agents, we looked at quarterbacks and receivers on Friday. We're going to look at running backs, which is a pretty impressive class, and then tight ends today. Uh, But there is a couple of pieces of news. Uh, We'll start with uh, coordinator hot stove, Brian Schattenheimer, going as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Probably kind of, he might have the the name of the position, but we already know McCarthy was planning to call the plays, or at least that was the last report. So how do you feel about Schottenheimer, uh, who has somewhat of a checkered past in terms of offensive production being the offensive coordinator?
2: Well, I I think he is now in the phase of his, it's getting to be my time to take a head coaching job. Um uh, And because he has had kind of an up and down career as a coordinator, I I think he needs to get somewhere like Dallas that has the potential to be a high scoring team. And while he won't necessarily be calling the plays, he can be building the game plan and installing the game plan each week and use that uh, on top of all of his, you know, Experience working for his dad and being with Pete Carroll, and but he was with the Colts, so he's he's a well traveled um offensive coach, and I, I do think that he's gonna start to get uh some mentions in the head coaching pool here in the next few years. Uh, I mean, his first coaching job was what St. Louis in '97. So 25 years in, I mean, he could be the next David Culley and have to wait till he's like 65 for a one-and-done shot. But I feel like he's going to go there. He was there last year as an analyst, so it's not like he's stepping into a foreign situation. He basically got a new title and some new responsibilities. And and we know that McCarthy is going to run the show, so it'll be interesting to see how – If he does start to get nibbles in the next couple of years for head coaching opportunities, uh, how does he spend that not being in charge of play calling? I mean, I suppose you can say, well, as the head coach, I'm probably not going to call plays anyways.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, he was probably not going to be a hot head coaching candidate after his stint under Urban Meyer uh, in Jacksonville. So let's hope this one goes a little bit. You can
2: easily blame that on Urban.
1: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we've seen a little bit of defensive coordinator roulette. Jiro Evro asked for his release from Denver and was granted that. It ends up uh, taking the defensive coordinator position with Frank Reich and the Panthers. Joe Woods uh, looks to be going to the Saints while Brian Flores ends up taking the defensive coordinator position for Minnesota, even though it seemed like he was potentially on track to be a head coach in Arizona. So what do you make of these defensive coordinator moves?
2: Well, let's get Joe Woods out of the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I'd love to have been in in the room listening to that conversation about you know why Cleveland was you know good last year, and he earned has earned the right to be a, a D coordinator again this year uh, somewhere else. I mean, Dennis Allen is a defensive coach, so much like Mike McCarthy, I'm sure there will be um, heavy input from Allen. You know, I I don't know that it's. It's a good move or a bad move right now. The Saints had a pretty good defense. Uh, we'll see how they go. They are getting older, um, but they do have a couple linebackers that have come in and played well. Um, Flores, it almost feels like he kind of said no to Arizona. Like they maybe they were playing him a little bit and you know trying to get him get him to wait for something. And I think he kind of. Uh, after Fangio went to Denver, I think Flores was like, maybe, Miami. Um, or B- Fangio didn't go to Denver. I think Desai is going to Denver. That's, that's who everybody's kind of telegraphing there. Uh, I, I feel like there's some Brian Flores kind of going well. They've got a new GM in Arizona. Uh, I know Kevin O'Connell from our time together in New England. O'Connell was a rookie when Flores started coaching there. So they do have a little bit of a history together. And I think he looks at some of the teams and and thinks that he he may be able to get a better opportunity, uh, a better team than Arizona. I don't think he necessarily wants to be saddled with um, a potential problem quarterback in Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen a couple of these guys who – have been coaching candidates are being more choosy. Um, you know, once you get that second opportunity, if it doesn't pan out, there's a lot of times you're not going to get that third opportunity. I think we've seen that with Dan Quinn. He's happy being a defensive coordinator. He has a good defense in good thing going in Dallas and none of the potential openings. The last couple of years have been like, felt like the right fit to him. I think that's probably a little bit of the case with, uh, Brian Flores to the Vikings, our team that record-wise was, was very successful this last year. They have all the pieces to be successful again offensively. If he can get a couple of defensive pieces and get the defense playing a little bit better, um, that could be another good opportunity for him to be on a contending team and raise his
2: profile. So what what I want to know is what happened to our producer, and who, who was supposed to cut out all of my comments about uh, – how do do I pronounce his name again? Edgero Evero going, not going back to Denver and you saying, Oh no, 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 no. He's, he's got a really good shot.
1: Well, they wanted him back in Denver. He asked to be released. I don't know if you know a little bit what they've been going back and forth. Um, he was very good friends with Nathaniel Hackett. He was yeah. offered the interim head coach position and declined because of that friendship. And that's why a lot of people thought he wanted to go to Minnesota. Cause he's also friends with O'Connell from their time working on the Rams. Um, and he asked to be let out of his contract cause they were actually going to keep him. that was the first person that Sean Payton interviewed, um, he hasn't actually interviewed anyone else for defensive coordinator. They only had his press conference and stuff today. But I was I was kind of disappointed um, about that. Uh, I think they were fighting hard to try to keep him. But
2: but so I, I disagree. If you're fighting hard to keep him, you don't interview other people. What they're saying is, look, if we can't find anybody better, we want you here. And so, cause I mean, he, it isn't like he was getting a promotion from a position coach. He was the defensive coordinator. And I think all Sean Payton had to do is say, I don't know what these guys are doing talking about other D coordinators. You're already under contract. You're our guy. I want you to be here. And I think it was over. And it seems like what both Payton and ownership did is say, we want you here, but we'd really like to see if If you know, is there anything better? Are we making the right decision? Is this the best fit? And if if it is, if it's not, then we're gonna go in another direction. But we 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 really want you here and and just I don't know. Take your wife out one night and start talking to another gal and let me know how that works out for you. Because it's the same thing.
1: I mean, they still haven't interviewed anyone for defensive coordinator. So
2: but they're asking, they're openly saying come and we want to interview these people for for your position. I'd be like, you know what? Screw you, too. Well, they
1: so they did ask about potentially interviewing people because deJiro Evro was also interviewing for the Colts' head coaching job and Arizona's head coaching job and said if he got one of those, he was going to go. I think him asking to get let out and becoming a defensive coordinator somewhere else is an indication that he got washed out of those processes. Yeah. Because he was a hot potential head coaching candidate, Denver interviewed him for the head coach, but almost all of the teams with openings did as well.
2: Do you, Do you think it might have, might have been a year too early for him, though? For head yes, head
1: because back. I actually think Denver's defense faded a little bit. Um, they had a lot of great pieces that were already in place from the previous. Administration. The only person that they seriously looked at it for defensive coordinator, while before Evro made a final decision, is Fangio. And I believe that's just because Fangio had had prior talks with Sean Payton before he got hired anywhere that they wanted to go as a package deal. But when um, when they got that all sorted out, Evro is the only one according to local media that they've actually had an interview with Desai is supposed to be on his way here to get interviewed sometime this week I don't think they ever actually did any interview with Flores he ended up liking Minnesota so right. I don't know what they're going to do here um, There was they spent weeks talking about the Mark Schlereth was going to be our offensive line coach. And today he hired Zach Streif. Right. So I don't, I don't know if a lot of the reports uh, know what's going on, which is fine. We have a lot of time for me to get uh, hyped up and then crushed by the Broncos. Speaking of hyped up only to be crushed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't play any football this weekend. He did play pretty well at the Pebble Beach golf event and sparked a lot of rumors as it seems like he and Devontae Adams have been having a social media love affair, love affair. Do you think that this is just smoke or is there potential fire to Aaron Rodgers going to join Adams in Las Vegas?
2: I think it's mostly trolling. Um. Adams is
1: doing good trolling then too, because it's talking about buying them houses.
2: Right, right. No, I, I, they're definitely you know they're talking, and and I think they're both in on it. And if everything came together, it's not like Rogers is going to say no. But the the Raiders have to make a lot of moves. The first of which is getting rid of Derek Carr. Um, it, it's a weird situation, and you know I think we we saw last year with the with Aaron Rodgers, that he's okay to kind of play the front office head games with the front office and talk about, you know, retiring or coming back and going off and doing his own thing for a while. And, and, you know, maybe they trade me, maybe they don't, maybe they talk to me, maybe they do, you know, maybe I talk to them, maybe I don't. Um, overall, I think the communication between Rogers and the Green Bay front office is probably a lot better than we think it is and goes somewhere else or whether he's back in uh green bay i don't know whether it's l uh, las vegas or the jets you know i don't know it's it's really up in the air there but his his contract is structured as such as there's gonna need to be some uh some substantial cap space to bring him aboard. And we've seen what uh, an overweight in the salary cap, uh, one player being so so drastically overweight, how it can impact negatively the rest of the team on the salary side. So I like Rodgers. I think he's still got some some time left in him at the NFL level. But I think it's a – coin. you know – The Raiders are every bit as coin flip likely as the Jets, as the Packers, as retirement. I don't know where it's going.
1: I'm glad you put equal weight into retirement because I'm still not 100% that that he's coming back because – You never know. But I think the first domino is going to be Derek Carr because the Raiders have to flip Derek Carr before they could even entertain anything. If we were talking about potential fantasy, I do like the idea of Rodgers in Las Vegas better than Rodgers with the Jets for fantasy purposes. For fandom purposes, please go to the Jets or stay in Green Bay. I don't care. But I think going back and reuniting with Adams, they also have Hunter Renfro, who's a decent piece. They have Darren Waller. Um, There is some potential there. The other piece of news that we got is A.J. Green has officially retired. And, Dennis, I'm going to be honest. I forgot he was actually on the Cardinals last year. Um, But how will you remember A.J. Green?
2: As a dominant Cincinnati Bengals wideout that was – Cursed with having to play virtually his whole career with Andy Dalton, um,
1: and and also overcome
2: injuries. It
1: seemed yeah. like he was snake bitten.
2: You know, he he was a really really good player. I, I I don't think he put up consistent enough numbers, long enough, or big enough numbers long enough to make it into the Hall of Fame. But he he was a really really good wide receiver. Uh, for fantasy, he had some really good years, and you know, I get the desire to want to keep playing, and to want to try to go to a situation if you haven't won that's going to get you a Super Bowl. Um, you know, things didn't pan out in Arizona, and I, I think if it if it had, you know, and he was the wide receiver four there. I, I think he, you know, he'd be every bit as satisfied with the ring as if he was the wide receiver one somewhere. But you know, it was time. He he just he clearly after the the last couple injuries, he just never was able to get his lower body back right to the point where he could use the speed and the strength that allowed him to win uh when he was younger. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think he was he was good when he played too. I, I agree with you. I don't know that he um, did quite enough to make it to the Hall of Fame, but I guess we will find out. Well, we're going to transition uh, now to look at uh, a continuing look at free agents, potential free agents in 2023. And we have quite the class of running backs uh, that are going to come out. And that's where we're going to start today. And we're going to start with the biggest one of them all, Saquon Barkley, who uh, former number two overall pick played, has now completed his five-year rookie deal. Uh, Questions about whether he might end up back in New York. They have expressed some interest in bringing him back. Um, When he was on, he was incredible, Struggled with injuries there for a couple of years. But, Dennis, what do you think the market's going to be for Saquon?
2: I, I think it's going to be robust. I, I know there's a, a, a broad perception that running backs are widely replaceable. Um, and they are. They have the, some of the shortest careers in the NFL. And while linemen are smacking each other in short distances – Running backs like Saquon Barkley at 235 pounds, as fast as he is, are, are building up ahead of steam before they get hit. And he's still really, really good. He's a phenomenal pass catcher. He's he's a threat in all three phases of the uh, offense. I really, really like him. It's surprising that, you know, when I was looking up what Track thinks they're contracting, Value is going forward. Uh, that he wasn't the highest in this running this free agent running back back class, which caught me a little bit off guard. Uh, I think New York wants to keep Barkley and they want to keep Daniel Jones, but I also think they're going to be frugal with their money. They're not going to try to ba- break the bank. Um, Spotrac has Barkley's contract value. Uh, they think he's worth four-year, $49 million. Um, I don't know. It, being a five-year veteran, I I ha- we saw what happened when uh, the Cowboys paid Zeke, and it's not like he's going to just stop playing, but the productivity those last couple years that Zeke has had have been really, really, really down from where he was. And, and I think given Barkley's injury history um, and how hard he plays, I can see a scenario where that happens. I could also see a scenario where Barkley turns into a, a big Austin Eckler and catches 90 passes a year and rushes for 500 for the next four years and puts up, you know, high-end RB1 numbers because of the passing game. Um if I if if I'm if I'm pushing my chips into the center of the table I think he stays with New York but there are several teams that are looking for uh, a bell out back and I mean could you imagine if he went to Kansas City
1: Kansas City would probably be the the perfect place for what you're talking about like five or six hundred yards rushing but catching ninety passes because it almost seems like <clears throat> that would be the the perfect fusion of Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, which they managed to make that work, but it almost if you feels... Put
2: together, they'd almost be as big as Barkley.
1: I mean, it pretty much feels to me though, like Kansas City is the kind of team that's happy at this point in time to uh, patchwork running and and to spend less. That's the real thing that you, you've hit on. There are some huge names, and, and we're about to get to a few more, but It hasn't panned out that well for teams who have splashed out huge second contracts on running backs. You, you highlighted Zeke. I would say new Orleans is still trying to figure out if it was worth it for Kamara. And I love Kamara as a player. And he produced roughly the same like yardage and reception numbers this year as he did the year before, but touchdowns are down. That offense is kind of a mess You have to be careful about how you're you're spending your money and running back. You know this isn't the 1960s NFL. This is the 2023s NFL, and the nature of running backs and the nature of offenses has just changed. And that's it's going to be very interesting. I think that's why so many big running back names are on this list now because teams are hedging paying. Which brings us to our next group, which I'm going to take these. Top three together, which were the top, were basically the running back class of 2019. Because Josh Jacobs had his fifth year option denied, and Sanders and David Montgomery were not first round picks, all three of them now come onto the open market. Two of them, mean Sanders and Jacobs, after having pretty phenomenal 2022 season. Sanders still going strong with the Eagles in the Super Bowl, had a huge year. Jacobs had probably his best career year and was the best part of the Raiders offense down the stretch. And yet now all three of these guys are free. Dennis, do you think any of them ends back up back with their draft the team that drafted them?
2: If I had to guess, <clears throat> I'd probably guess Miles Sanders. Um I think he's embraced the role he has there. That's just the impression I get from his anti-fantasy football tirades he likes to go on. Um, he had over 1,200 yards rushing this year. Uh, he's explosive. I think he's probably you know, more of a two- or three-year contract guy. track has him in two-year, $14 million is what they put his value at. I think based on the other – honestly,
1: that's not a lot for somebody that might give you 1,200 yards.
2: Right. I I think that's very, very reasonable. Um, And, you know, he's a a good running back, and he hasn't had a ton of carries. Some of it he he got a little dinged up, but he also um, has to share the load. They spread it around with Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott and Jalen Hurts. Um, so if at that price, you know, it's about, it's basically the same cost as what they project Montgomery. So Montgomery, they're, they're putting him at three years, 21 and a half. So both right around seven mil a year. Um, but I think Sanders is, is just so much more explosive than David Montgomery. I don't know if he's as good a pass catcher as Montgomery because they just don't use him frequently enough in it. Uh, but when he has caught passes, he's done well. Josh Jacobs is the real wild card because Track has him at four for 51.
1: And- well, I mean, after what he looked like this year, and you know, we've talked about him not carrying as much mileage from college, I figured he was the one that, that came in higher than Barkley, which sounds crazy, but –
2: because a little bit younger, a year. It's he's not he's not a lot younger. Well,
1: four forty nine and four fifty one is not that big of a difference,
2: right? So, you know, I just I don't think that Las Vegas as Jacobs would like to stay there. Uh, at least he's come out and said that. Uh, but I don't know. If, you know, I don't think they can afford a fifty one million dollar contract for Josh Jacobs. Um, I think they're going to end up, I don't know that Zamir White is the answer, but I could see them going, you know, Damian Harris, who's projected at three for 21 and a half, you know, and McDaniel knows him, you know, bring in the the Patriot way. I don't get that
1: contract for Damian Harris at all. If you were asking me, I would take Sanders, Montgomery. I would take a whole bunch of people on this list over Damian Harris.
2: I mean, I like Harris. I just don't think he, he – he just never really had an opportunity for it to be his job. And when it when it should have been, which was this year, he was injured enough that Ramondre Stevenson just took it away from him. Ramondre so,
1: Stevenson looked great too.
2: Oh, he did. He did. I, I think that on a cost-adjusted basis of these three, I probably want Miles Sanders – because he's the most affordable, but the, there's no denying that Josh Jacobs showed, Hey, I'm a workhorse. I can run the ball. I can catch the ball. I'll do everything that's I'm going to get in the end zone. Um, unfortunately, he's going into a second contract. And whereas Zeke came into the league and was, he was the Cowboys workhorse from day one. Uh, Jacobs didn't get that luxury. Gruden, Gruden was like, I would rather stick hot pokers in my eyes than throw Josh Jacobs the football. And when Jacobs did get in there and start catching passes after Gruden got canned, people were like, oh, wow, I guess he can catch the ball. Huh, who would have thought that the guy who used to catch the ball in college when he played could catch the ball in the NFL? Good Lordy. Um, so I do, I do like all – Three of them, probably Montgomery is the one that I'm, well, he was my top back of these three coming out um, because he does lack the explosion and he's he's one who has carried the load for the bears. So he's gotten hit a lot because he lacks the speed. He's got great vision. He probably has better vision than the other two pretty easily. Um, good lateral movement, but he's just not very quick accelerating. Um, and then when he does get in the open, he's not going to run away from you. I think Jacobs and Sanders both have much better speed than David Montgomery. But I don't know that I'd be giving Montgomery a three-year contract. He, To me, he feels like he's on the verge of um, Latavius Murray land, where he's going to, be, because he doesn't have that, that elite, top-end trait, he's just kind of really good at some stuff. I feel like he's going to start bouncing from – he's going to be a mercenary for the next four or five years. Lots of one-year contracts.
1: Yeah, I'll be curious to see where – I'm I'm also fascinated that Josh Jacobs said he would like to go back to Las Vegas because throughout the season it certainly seemed like there was some animus there. Uh, that one's a hard one for me to figure out. A
2: little bit. I mean, honestly, it almost feels like so. David Montgomery is a lot like Kareem Hunt. You know, doesn't have the great speed, but great lateral movement can catch the ball. I mean, he seems like he might be a great fit in Kansas City, especially at the cost. Uh, know that they're gonna. You know, I, I feel like KC is out on Edwards Alaire. You know, they're like we are gonna activate you well because, all right. Nicole Hardman is number 53, and you're number 54, and number 53 is going on uh, injured reserve, so you're the last guy there on the list. Um.
3: Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code T-P-P-N, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details.
2: But Montgomery is a guy that I think could do some good work in Kansas City. I mean, that seems like a mundane, redundant kind of statement because I think a, a lot of these guys would be good but City. we got
1: excited about Rojo going there too. Man,
2: well, I don't know who we is. Um, I wasn't terribly excited, I thought to me he was at most a flyer. Um, but I don't know, you know, <sighs> if, if Pollard ends up leaving Dallas, I mean, they're gonna have to do something. Is Malik Davis the answer? Is Jerry gonna? Blow all our minds and draft Bijan Robinson like he did when he drafted uh CD Lamb when he already had uh Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup playing at a high level. Uh, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be
1: one of the worst like fantasy situations? Because Bijan Robinson is I know we're not deep diving into rookies, but is pretty well regarded as the universal 101. I don't know how. I mean, I liked the production I got from Tony Pollard, but I don't know if I trust that Dallas is going to not give 20 carries a game to Ezekiel Elliott anyway.
2: I, I feel like it, it – so while Bijan might not give you those uh, RB1, the RB1 kind of production that first year, I, I think that they're at a point where it, it's not cost effective for them to necessarily cut Zeke. But if you bring in somebody like Bijan, you can justify playing Zeke less. I mean, they've been cutting Zeke's workload back and given a lot of work to um, Pollard. And Zeke may very well be at this stage of his career be a better pass catching back than Bijan is. Uh, I don't know how much Bijan uh, had to catch the ball at Texas. So not you know it would be uh, an analytics nightmare from a fantasy standpoint, Um, but they're, they're going to do something at the running back position. I don't know if they go for more of a Tony Pollard clone, you know, somebody that's a a, well, let's actually just
1: look at Pollard real quick. He is a free agent. I thought he would be a a super top free agent. There seems to be a little trepidation now because he's going to be coming off the broken fibula. But do you see any circumstance where he ends up going back to Dallas?
2: I think it comes down to the money. Mm. Um, you know he was he was taken over. He knows the system. Uh, he, he played well. Spotrack has him checking in at three years twenty seven million dollars. So it's nine million a year. If, if Jerry can somehow maneuver the cap to be able to afford Tony Pollard, Maybe, but, I mean, where's he going to go where they have a wide-open running back depth chart? Miami, he could go there. Uh, if Jacobs is gone, he could go to Las Vegas. Um, Minnesota's got Dalvin. If, if Saquon leaves New York, that's wide open. Uh, Chicago could be open. I know they've got Herbert and Ebner, and they like both of those, but, but that could be somewhere. Carolina? That, that might be a great fit. Atlanta. Yeah, I know they've got uh, Tyler Algier coming off a thousand yard season, but you know he's not he, he's not a, a top end guy by any stretch. So probably if I had to say top positions, given the incumbent not returning, I probably like Miami, Las Vegas, uh, the Giants, Chicago and Carolina, the best. You know, he could make he could make hay at any one of those spots.
1: So let's bounce to another guy, Kareem Hunt, um, who seems like pretty much is not going to go back to Cleveland. One of the hot rumors out there has been that the the Bengals might do something like release Joe Mixon and then sign Kareem Hunt, who's a little bit more affordable. What would you think of a move like that?
2: It makes sense for what the Bengals do. Now, Samaje Ryan is a free agent as well. And so you'd be bringing in an older um, running back that's not super explosive. He's projected a two-year $14 million. That's that's pretty reasonable. I don't know if I was a GM, I'd probably be more comfortable at the two-year $10 million. Um, he's been splitting time. He didn't look as good last year as he did the year before. He's, uh, I think, 28, 27, 28 years old. So I have concerns about how how many snaps I'm going to get out of him game after game after game. And if they cut Mixon and they don't bring back Pirine, then you've got Hunt and um, – Chris Evans, you're going to have to dip into the draft and grab somebody as well and probably sign a low-end free agent. Um, Maybe you bring, I think Travion Williams is a free agent as well, but he plays mostly special teams. Uh, They've got a couple guys, but they're a passing team. Let's not make no bones about it. You've got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd with Joe Burrow throwing the ball The Bengals are a pass-first team. So I could see them kind of restructure their offense a little bit into a sort of Kansas City model.
1: Another interesting name on the running back list uh, for me is Jamal Williams, who had an incredible year for Detroit, scored all those touchdowns, broke the touchdown uh, record for Detroit. I would love to see him go back there because I thought he was a great fit. Uh, But how are you feeling about
2: Williams? So if you followed his career, you know, it's very much like Matt Ryan's career up year, down year, up year, down year, up year, down year. Well, he had a really nice year last year. He was way up there. Um, I love the fit in Detroit. He pairs well with Deandre Swift who just can't seem to stay healthy for a whole season. Um, you know they've got a couple guys there, Craig Reynolds and uh, Justin Jackson, that are you know their backups. I, I like Jamal Williams. I think he's a fantastic personality. Um, at two years, eight million, which is what Spotrac's projecting his contract will be. I think that's pretty affordable. Uh, I just have concerns that you know is he really? Do you is he somebody at this point in his career that you want to give 280 carries to or something? He had, he had a a pretty big year. Uh, What did he 262 carries this year? Uh, But man, he had 17 touchdowns. That's as in enticing as it is to sign that. I think expecting 17 touchdowns uh, is a stretch.
1: Yeah, I like him, though. He's got a lot of heart. Uh, Another interesting uh, back that's going to come as a free agent is Devin Singletary, who's kind of been the de facto starter the last few years in Buffalo, but hasn't put up incredible numbers or really seized the position. Do you think there's a big market for Singletary?
2: I don't. Um, It's weird because Track puts him at like three years, $16.5 He's a five foot seven, 203 pound back that's got good vision, but he's five foot seven and 203, so you can't give him the ball 20 times a game. And he's just an okay receiver. I mean, they made a point in Buffalo to go out and get a really, really good pass catching back. Maybe he ends up going back to Buffalo and they continue the. You know, they run it back with James Cook and Devin Singletary. I think Buffalo needs a a hammer and Singletary doesn't fit that bill. But Singletary, honestly, he's what Kansas City wanted Clyde edwards Hilaire to be. And he just, he stayed healthy. He's just not getting a, a big enough workload That you're able to say, "Oh, I really want this guy for fantasy." He ends up being a guy that you're like, "Well, got to start somebody," and you know he's your wide, your RB three, RB four. If you're lucky, he's your RB four. Maybe you're hoping he's your RB five. I like him. I just I have some concerns about where he's gonna fit. You know, he's maybe it. He could go to Minnesota and back up uh, Dalvin Cook. Now, that makes him the handcuff as opposed to a a split timer. Uh, It looks like uh, Alexander Madison's leaving via free agency there. So that would make sense. He's a veteran. He can do a lot of things, but that's not going to be helpful for fantasy unless Dalvin Cook gets injured.
1: (laughs) Before we get to uh, some notable tight ends, I want to read you a list of other running backs uh, that are coming as free agents. Let me know if there's one or two of them that spark your interest. We got Jarek McKinnon uh, from the Chiefs, Deonta Foreman who uh, ended up taking over there in Carolina, James Robinson who kind of got traded to the Jets and we forgot he existed, Alexander Madison who you just mentioned trying to get uh, free and maybe find a feature role after being a backup in Minnesota, Rashad Penny. Uh, coming off that injury, Ronald Jones coming off of not even being worthy of being activated in Kansas City, Dearness Johnson, uh, who's been a, uh, who's flashed at times as a backup for the Browns, Jeff Wilson, um, who had, you know, some good moments with San Francisco, Miami, Raheem Mostert, same, P. Ryan, who uh, got quite a bit of playing time down the stretch for the Bengals, and Latavius Murray, who got name checked by Sean Payton today, much to my dismay.
2: So, Foreman is the guy I want to go and get an opportunity. I love his story of finally coming back from the Achilles. And when he got the opportunity, he was fairly good. He put up some 100 yard games, uh, wasn't always consistent. You know, he's going to be a guy that over the next probably three years is going to catch on. And he's probably going to be he's not going to be brought in to compete for a job, starting job. He's going to be brought in as insurance and security. And if your starter goes down, you know, you can give this guy 20 carries and he's going to be productive. If not spectacular. Uh, I do like him. You know, I like Damian Harris too. I think he's uh, of the, the backs on the list. I think that Damian Harris is probably the, um, the one with the most talent McKinnon's getting up there. I mean, he was, I know he's had a hot playoff run in the last couple of games before the playoffs, but don't kid yourself before that he was RB 57. So, I mean, he's probably, he's probably closer to RB 57 than he is RB one. And that's just it. Robinson, he's another guy coming off the Achilles bouncing around. Seems like, I don't want to say he's got an attitude problem, but his attitude is, look, I showed you I was good, and I keep telling you I'm good and I, I want chances to show you I'm back. So I, I love the fight there. You know, Mostert and Wilson, I, I'm out on, Latavius Murray, I'm out on. These are all guys that if I'm rostering them, it's they're my RB6, RB seven, and you know, maybe I get lucky. P. Ryan is the guy that's kind of the wild card for me. As as much as um, I kind of like what he's done in Cincinnati. You know, he wasn't terribly effective when he was in Washington. And I don't think he creates a lot of yards on his own. He's a good pass catcher. uh, He's a good pass blocker. And if you need a yard, he'll get you a yard kind of runner. He's just not, I, I just don't like the efficiency there. And maybe if he goes somewhere, you know where he might be good is New Orleans. You know, they need somebody that can kind of pound it in there a little bit. And at five foot nine, two hundred and thirty pounds, he's he's the he's the guy I think that could be that Mark Ingram type of back they used to have for another season or two. And Spot tracks got him at one year, three million dollars. So I think if uh New Orleans threw five million in two years with some incentives, he'd be like, Yeah, I I dig that, I can do that.
1: That group right there feels like the guys that are going to catch on somewhere after the draft, when teams didn't get, you know, figure out that they they you know they didn't get the running back they were looking for, and need to start filling out their roster. That's just my feeling. I I I I, I don't buy. I know Alexander Madison ready to be out if i was him i might just take that cushy backup job in minnesota where there's low expectations because i have not seen anything from him you know we always get excited every time dalvin cook has to miss a game while madison's going and he's gonna be a top ten. it's you know it hasn't happened i i find it hard to believe that anyone's looking at him to be a future back but i guess stranger things have happened Uh we'll move uh, as we close out here to to tight ends. And I'm going to start pair these two together. These two guys both got the franchise tag in 2022, and that's Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys and Mike Gusecki with the Dolphins. I don't know that I expect either of them to be back with those teams,
2: but how do you feel? Uh, I would concur. I think Dallas has probably seen enough out of Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot that they're like, you know, we don't need to spend – that much money on a tight end
1: and they want to spend the money on Tony Pollard instead
2: <laughs> right and spot track has him going four years 60.5 million and I'm like man I don't yeah. I'm not, I don't see that um Gesecki at four years 33 million Pro that seems more reasonable but getseki isn't a two-way tight end.
1: He, he totally he, disappeared in Miami last year uh, after getting the franchise back.
2: Michael Daniel said, that's not what I need in my offense. And, you know, he, he basically said, look, thanks for your service, but I've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle."
1: Uh, well, I mean, it was just for fantasy.
2: He wasn't yeah, even he playable. Was, he was not somebody you wanted to be relying on. But, you know, now Miami is in the market for a tight end. But what they want is they want somebody that's a two-way tight end. You know, I could see. You know, Dalton Schultz. Miami's got the money. Dalton Schultz would fit nicely in Miami because he can clean up on the down the seam, and he's gonna he's he's more than happy to you know knock heads with the defensive ends and linebackers. Uh, the Jets, I know they've got Conklin and C.J. Uzoma uh, both under and contract, and uh, yeah. We'll see where Rucker goes. Uh, you know, does he pan out? There's, there's a, there's a surprising number of Ohio state tight ends in the NFL who are not fantasy relevant. Um, Cincinnati Hayden Hurst is a free agent. I don't know that they invest a ton of money in the position just because they're going to be investing so much in quarterback and wide receiver. So it seems to make sense. And, um, uh, one year, almost seven million dollars is where Track has Hayden Hurst value. So I don't know if they're gonna, you know, maybe that's a little more than they want to spend on the tight end position. Uh, Tennessee I felt like got, that'd be
1: a good fit though because I, I liked what he did. Um, yeah, I,
2: he wants to go back. I mean, the bit, the thing is like Cincinnati's a winning team, and people who are there want to stay. You know, and people who are not there want to go. Um, Tennessee Austin Hooper's a free agent. Oconquo is he's not the I don't think he's the starting tight end. He's how the moving tight end, receiving how, tight end. How
1: dare you! I'm putting all my all my chips in on him oh, on no, one of my dynasty
2: the, team. He's the one. He's the one that you want for for fantasy. He's just he's not probably not going to get the most snaps, and he he's he's a good pass catcher. Nobody knows
1: right? what Tennessee's offense is going to be in general
2: yeah we're, we're gambling Houston needs a tight end the Falcons uh, why did I put the Falcons on there no I think maybe that was supposed to be Dallas um, if they, <laughs>
1: everyone that rosters Kyle Pitts is like oh my god it's over
2: yeah no no I think I think that was supposed to be Dallas not not yeah. Falcons. well um, so
1: that you brought up a Hayden Hurst another guy who is a, a free agent on this list who I would be curious to see if they can work it out to come back is Evan Ingram, who I, I thought he struggled at times during, during his rookie contract with New York, but he looked to be a great fit with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. How do you like that potential reunion?
2: I am down for it. And their spot track has him at about 9 million a year. I think he's a, a great fit with the offense. He's got chemistry with the quarterback. Um, They're going to get Calvin Ridley and they've got Travis Etienne. They can bring him back at a fairly affordable cost. They've got good wide receivers. It all will come down to, does somebody step up and be an elite wide receiver between Ridley, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk? I don't think they have an elite wide receiver. They've got good wide receivers. But if ETN stays healthy, he can be really productive. And if uh, Evan Ingram is back, he's shown he can be – you can target him 12, 14 times a game, and he can put up gargantuan numbers. So they need to invest in a couple offensive linemen, get some defensive players, uh, and and I kind of think roll with their skill players that they have. You know, they could probably upgrade over Jermichael Hasty. Is there RB, too? There's so, plenty
1: of RBs on that list that they can go.
2: And lots of rookies, too.
1: Go, Poach. Maybe they re-signed James Robinson. No, <laughs> um, I, I will say I do think the big question for me about Ridley is it's pretty much two years now that he's been away and what is he going to look like. But he was tracking toward potentially being a dominant wide receiver yes, he uh, during his time in atlanta that is a real fascinating unknown uh that is a, a trade that did, didn't get a ton of attention at the time it happened i think for how it could end up impacting 2023 and
2: beyond well all of my dynasty leagues where i did not own him he was immediately put on the block after that trade
1: yeah um <clears throat> Let's uh, take a look as we close out here. I'm going to give you a list of a couple other guys who are free agents. Tell me if any of these spark your interest. We have uh, good old Bobby Tanyan from the Packers, Irv Smith Jr., who seemed a little snake bitten uh, with the Vikings, Austin Hooper, who you mentioned uh, free agent again, OJ Howard, um, who I think was with the Bills last year, uh, uh, Foster he Moreau,
2: with the Bills, and ended up in Houston.
1: That's right, Foster Moreau. Uh, who was a backup there for the Raiders and your boy, Donald Parham.
2: I do love what Donald Parham brings to the table. I just... I, I Maybe don't,
1: he'll get to go back to Dallas because that, wasn't that where he was in the... Uh, was not USFL? So. Um, They've had so I, many secondary football yeah, leagues.
2: I forget what it was. I don't know. I, I forget. He just... He's a guy that is a a good pass receiver. He's big enough to be a good blocker. It it just hasn't quite all been put together for him. Uh, I like Foster Moreau, too. Uh, You know, he's come in when Waller's been out and played. When he gets targeted, he's very, very productive. Foster Moreau is one of those guys I could see going somewhere like uh, uh, Cincinnati. Because he's a good pass catcher, he's going to definitely be cheaper than Hurst, but he's also a a good blocker. He's your more prototypical tight end. Uh, You know, I have Washington on the list needing a tight end, mostly because uh, Logan Thomas is just getting old.
1: Another guy who disappeared for fantasy.
2: And, you know, they did draft Cole Turner last year out of, oh, I think he was with Carson Strong. So that being a batter. Yeah. And, and he's a real, Turner's a good pass catcher, um, but it wouldn't, you know, they've got uh, Samus rise they've got a, a couple guys they've brought in. You know, Green Bay, if they let Tunyon go, I think they're going to be looking for uh, a two-way tight end, though a lot of mock drafts have them taking Michael Mayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolina's looking for somebody to upgrade over Tommy Trimble. So Moreau has the opportunities. O.J. Howard is just a big, giant bundle of unrealized potential. Uh, I don't know if he's going to really get a shot to get that. I, I feel like Houston was his shot. And if he was not able to take that job, given the situation they were in, I mean, dude, six foot six, two sixty, and runs like a four, six or four, six, two. Um, and he just couldn't, could not put it together. Um, Irv is small. He, he's another, he's a, a Chico Conquo type tight end. More of a receiver than a, a, a blocker. Tunyon, uh he had his year. He he's Gary Barnage. Uh, I I wouldn't I mind seeing Ir, Irv go somewhere where he can be used as a move tight end uh, and, and a receiving tight end. Um, of these teams, who who is that? Oh, you know if if New England doesn't bring back. Uh, Evan Ingram, that'd be a good spot for Irv Smith. Jacksonville? Jacksonville, yeah. Um, I I just kept thinking about Johnny. Well, you
1: know, whenever there's tight ends on the market, you have to think New England because never enough, apparently. They don't use them for anything, but if they can splash out some money.
2: I mean, in Arizona, I think – I know they drafted uh, uh, – Trey McBride. Trey McBride last year, and – he they played also, very well. They also Ertz, still have Zach Ertz. Ertz is coming back off an injury and, and is frankly pretty old. You know, there could be a market there for them to bring in somebody with some upside like Irv Smith. Uh, well, or Peyton Hurst.
1: What's interesting to me is they've talked about uh the Chargers as being a potential team to bring in a big tight end. I liked what Gerald Everett did. Yeah. So kind of uh kind of
2: interesting. It's The hard thing with the Chargers is, you know, I'm on record as saying I felt like the Chargers had the best foursome of wide receivers in the NFL. Cincinnati has the best trio, but the Chargers have the best foursome. And when you've got a foursome of wide receivers in Austin Eckler, it's tough to be a pass-catching tight end in Los Angeles.
1: You have a lot higher opinion of uh, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, and DeAndre Carter than I do.
2: Duly noted.
1: Well, that'll bring us uh, to the end of today. But on Friday, uh, Matt will be back with us, and we will be talking all things Super Bowl, including some fun prop bets that we'll go over for the game. So you won't want to miss that, our big Super Bowl preview. But, Dennis, as the people are sitting at home tonight reviewing that Pro Bowl footage, just looking for diamonds in the rough,
2: what should they do? Are there really diamonds in the rough in the Pro Bowl? Yes, the way that you I mean, Tyler Huntley was in the Pro Bowl. Come on, let's be real. All right, go. Subscribe to the podcast. Find your favorite platform. Go find the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Subscribe. Give us a listen. Download all that fun stuff. We love rates and reviews. Let us let us know what you think. Download, rate, review.
1: Someday Tyler Huntley is going to find us and beat us both because we don't, both you and I don't got him all the time. Tyler, congratulations on all your success. Still pulling for you to end up starting a few games for the Cardinals this year, but we will see you on Friday where we will talk all things Chiefs and Eagles, much to my personal dismay.
0: Prepare for glory. Oh, no. I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump and lead. Golly. Only will tackle him in the corner? Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs>